0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Just a quick correction before we get going. Yesterday on the last episode, I said that dark side of the moon came out in 1975, and that was incorrect. It came out in 73. I heard myself say that, and I was like, huh, that's weird. Wish you were here. It came out in 75. Sorry for that, but back to part two of our Peru series. We left off last episode, we arrived in the Andean mountains, we made our way to our accommodations and got a good night's sleep after arriving. And the next day when we woke up, we had a nice yoga class in the Maloka, led by Christy, who did a great job balancing the class between beginner people such as myself and more intermediate moves. So, I mean, up until this point in my life, I've never seriously stretched any muscles in my body. And I've done yoga maybe 10 times in my life. So needless to say, I have very limited range of motion of my body, but I really enjoyed the challenge that yoga provided and I felt amazing afterwards and it really made me want to take better care of my body, frankly, because it is truly humbling when you're struggling to maintain a pose, right? No weights, no added degree of difficulty It's just your body weight. And there's really no way to disguise your weak spots with yoga. So I really, I really enjoyed that. Very humbling. So everyone's feeling really good after yoga. And we finally get to meet the person that we've all heard so much about. The reason we're all here, and that is Doris. And she had just rolled in from the jungle to lead our group of five people in a few ceremonies over the next two days. We all introduced ourselves and we sat with her for a while. And she began to talk she was just saying words but myself and probably the whole group was just getting hit over the head with wisdom that's that's words were coming out and we were just receiving wisdom it felt like and i really can't explain why hearing her talk was such a different experience but it stuck out she reminded the group that we are here in peru for our connection to consciousness the present is what matters And the more your heart is open, the more present you are able to be. And the more present you are, well, the more presence you'll receive. And after hearing that, I set my intention to be present, to not let my ego or any old programming affect the enjoyment of the experience of the moment. Now, truth be told, this intention thing was new to me. It was a very popular word within this group and with really everybody of Peru and I wasn't sure how to do it. But as I later learned, there is no right or wrong way to do this kind of stuff. Setting an intention can be as easy as saying it to yourself. Now, old ego Nick would have found that rather suspicious. So you're telling me I just have to think it and that's it? But yeah, pretty much. So from here on out, I started setting intentions, which were basically what I wanted to get out of whatever activity, we were doing and our first fun group activity with doris was partaking in the ancient shipibo tradition of vomitivo aka the lemon grass cleanse or purge sidebar whenever we use the word cleanse or purge it's a nice way of saying there's going to be a rapid departure of stuff from inside of you either departing from your top or your bottom and doris explained This technique is used by the Shipibo tribe to cleanse the body, the stomach, and the intestinal tract prior to working with ayahuasca. So the vomitivos we are drinking are made purely of lemongrass and warm water. And this just consists of drinking large quantities of warm lemongrass water until the body naturally regurgitates it back up. And part of our homework was to write letters. Yesterday I read the letter to myself And I also have a letter to Lemongrass, which I will read. Dear Lemongrass, I am here in Peru seeking your help in cleansing my body of toxins and that which does not serve me. Thank you for helping me on my journey. At first, I was naively scared of your powers, but now I know they are much needed. I am grateful for your guidance and help in getting me cleaned up so I can experience the medicine and heal. Always in your debt, Nick. And prior to this trip, Michelle and I were very concerned about the self-induced vomiting. I, and I think it's common, right? Because we usually associate vomiting when we are sick or after we've poisoned our body so much with alcohol that we end up puking. But it turns out the being sick or the intoxicated part, that's the unenjoyable part. And it doesn't sound pleasant to make yourself throw up, but most people feel great and more clear after this is done. And Doris went on to say that from our stomachs to our necks, whatever is on its way up is waste. However, from our throats and out of our mouths come flowers, beautiful colors, beauty, really anything but waste. And this is because the Peruvians believe that you get back what you put out. So you want to transmute all the waste and all the shit in your body into beauty before you give it back to mother earth because you want to get back the beauty from her. And this was a good lesson for me to wrap my head around the reciprocity with the land and with other people. If you put out negative shit into this world, well, that's what you're going to get back. And it was a really easy way for me to understand the lessons of of that type of karma. So any fluid or solid leaving your body was now beauty we were giving back to Mother Earth. And before you need something from anyone, you ask permission. And we asked Mother Earth permission to give her our transmuted beauty to rid ourselves of the things that we no longer needed. We would make an offering to the land usually in the form of coca leaves, and ask permission and set an attention. After we did that, we gathered in a circle outside the Maloka, with our buckets and started to drink warm lemongrass water. I really surrendered to this and immediately chugged three 30 ounce pitchers of warm lemongrass water. I had had some practice with this during my master cleanse I did before my trip because I would chug 30 ounces of warm salt water. So the lemongrass was definitely an improvement on taste. So after 90 ounces of lemongrass water, it didn't take long to start feeling really full. I moved around a bit. We bounced up and down, and then I could feel it getting close. So I get down on all fours, and I began to rock back and forth for a bit, and then came out probably a half to three quarters of what I had just put in. Not regurgitated lemongrass water, but flowers and rainbows, baby. And I drank another 30 ounces after that and tried to get out as much as I could, including trying to swallow a few of my fingers. It doesn't sound pleasant, but I did feel great and a lot more clear after this was done. After the lemongrass purge, I took two capsules of Hachuma, also known as San Pedro. And this is a heart opening heart consciousness medicine from the hachuma cactus which is a fast-growing cactus that's native to the andes of peru and ecuador and these hachuma cactuses can get up to 20 feet tall and contain a number of psychoactive alkaloids including mescaline now mescaline is also found in peyote and as don howard described hachuma and peyote are spiritual brothers but not twins they both have a way of lovingly hitting you over your head. Peyote is like a hammer. It is a beautiful hammer though. Hachuma is like a feather, but it's a heavy, heavy feather. So you can take Hachuma in a capsule form. That's kind of more the -the over-the-counter version if you will, or you can take the real thing, the juice from the actual cactus, and that's the consistency and color of almost like aloe vera. So I took two capsules to get my body ready for the feelings. I will be experiencing in the near future. I sat in my room and waited for the unknown. And while my ears were ringing loudly, I tried really hard to stay present and to resist the urge to ask a bunch of questions about what to expect. I laid there just repeating my intentions to myself. I intend to have an amazing experience with a sacred plant medicine. And I just said that over and over again, if I got nervous. And as I laid there trying to relax, I did experience a pleasant, full-body buzz. Later that afternoon, we individually sat with Doris for a coca leaf reading. In Peru, the coca leaf has a rich and important history, with many Peruvians valuing these coca leaves as highly as gold in some cases. And the Incans treasured coca not only for its medicinal properties, but also for its integral part that it played in their sacred rites and rituals. The South Americans have been cultivating coca plants for nearly 8,000 years. And until today, I had only known a coca leaf because of their ability to relieve altitude sickness. But the locals use them in many, many ways. And they're often consumed on a daily basis, either chewed or used to make tea. So traditionally during a coca leaf reading, the shaman who leads the ceremony will have learned these skills from their own ancestors and will continue to pass it down to future generations. And Doris did learn this from her relatives, and she's currently teaching other people how to do this. And during the ceremony, you're invited to sit with the shaman. I was welcomed and asked you know, my name and my reasons for visiting while she offered a prayer to the Apus, which is the god of the mountains. Three coca leaves are thrown in the direction of the sacred mountains. And then Doris lays out a handful of leaves on the blanket in front of me. Now, the movement of these leaves as they fall gives Doris or the shamans information about me or who, who's ever sitting in these readings. Additionally, the shaman can decipher details about the individual's future, about their work, their life, family, financial situations, really depending on the leaf shapes and colors. So Doris dropped the leaves and one leaf stood out to her and me. She looked at it and she said, what is your art? And I stammered because I started to like overthink the definition of art. I mean, it's pretty fucking broad. I don't know what she was talking about. I said, well, I write a lot for my podcast. I attempt to play the guitar, but I really couldn't, I don't know what my art is. So she said, well, whatever my art is, I was to keep creating it and to get more passionate about it. So that was really cool, but I'm still unsure exactly what the heck she was actually talking about. And as she looked through the leaves, she said that I have stuck energy in my stomach and that's where I store it. And I need to take care of my stomach and massage it clockwise before bed. I have a very strong mind, but need to be more sensitive in order to keep energies in balance with my wife. Being myself will broadcast energy to others and I should sing aloud more to help balance the energies in my body. And she shuffled the leaves around a little bit, and she looked me dead in the eyes and said that I have a blockage in my heart and that I am out of balance. Too much head, too much thinking. To which I said, yes, I mean, that is one of the reasons I'm here. And she said, I know the game. I know what's going on. And she was referring to the Matrix and all the bullshit. I said, yep, I know what's going on. And she said, I live in a beautiful place and that I have a very strong mother who is the source of a lot of my trauma. Yes, yes, yes. And she got all that by looking at coca leaves on a table. So that was amazing. So day one is in the books and a pattern is starting to emerge. We are constantly preparing for the next day, constantly building up to sitting with ayahuasca. And when we awoke the next day, our group gathered for another coca leaf offering to the land to ask permission to see the invisible world. We were given three leaves to offer to the land so we'd walk around the property and we would each find our own place to put the leaves as an offering to the land. After that, we did another coca leaf reading with Doris to see if we were ready to sit with Hachuma. We all passed the reading and gathered in the maloca to sit with San Pedro. And one by one, we went up and took a cup full of fresh from the San Pedro cactus, the Hachuma, the peyote of the south, We then laid down on our mats and relaxed. One of Doris's students named Melinda was going to perform a sound healing on us. And this was sort of an exam for her and Doris would be grading her. So we all gathered in a circle around Melinda. She was at kind of the 12 o'clock position. Christy was at the three o'clock, Cypher at the four o'clock. I was at six o'clock, DJ at eight and Michelle at nine and Melinda had her sound bowls out, probably, I don't know, it was probably eight or 10 of them. We relaxed and closed our eyes and she began to play. Now, when you take plant medicine, some people get nauseous and they purge. I got nauseous for a few moments, but then it passed. And a few others did vomit. I laid there with my head pointed towards Melinda and I tried really, really hard to just relax. And I think for the first time in my life, I did. I melted into that mat. Other than my deep breathing that I was doing through my nose, every muscle in my body was relaxed for probably the first time in my life. And I laid there getting my world rocked by the frequencies and the sounds coming from Melinda. It sounded like there were speakers all around me And it was probably just the sound bouncing off the maloka. It was amazing. And here's my understanding of what Melinda is doing. I think she can see our energies. And she's performing a healing on us individually using the sound bowls, to manipulate the energy and free up the blockages. And Doris is in the room and she's grading her on her ability to see the energies and manipulate them the way Doris would. And I wrote in my journal, not sure when it was my turn, but at one point my whole body began to tingle and it felt in balance the blockage preventing me from accessing my heart was removed. I was laying there. I was so relaxed and my whole body just began to tingle. It felt like a a full body orgasm kind of tingle. Now, I don't know for sure what happened to me during that ceremony, but afterwards I felt like the blockage in my heart was removed. And I was in balance for the first time in my life. So whether I imagined that, whether I made it up or what, that's what actually happened, it became clear to me that it didn't matter how it happened because it it happened. And I'm going to finish up this episode reading from my journal about how the rest of that day went. We had lunch and everyone was still feeling the effects of the hachuma. I ate so slow and was still shaking like when you get really hungry. And I attempted to talk with my family at one point who I miss so much, but I had, very, I had a very hard time making sense and formulating sentences. After lunch, we went and had a plant bath, which is always recommended after sitting with plant medicine. They spend all day boiling up a large pot of water with plants and herbs in it. Then they mix it with cold water to cool it down just enough. And then they give you a half shell to scoop in and dump the water over you while you're standing outside in the backyard on a wooden plank. And the first one I dumped over my head was so warm and absolutely invigorating. I did several more just standing there naked in the yard. And I asked the plant bath to wash away any body issues I had. And I was about to be done and then I I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to be done. (laughs) So I did several more because it was simply amazing. We had an amazing dinner and retreated to our house to relax. I lit a fire in the wood stove and Carla, Saifa, and I started chatting around the fire. Saifa looked at me and asked if I had any Viking ancestry, to which I replied, I didn't know. And then she proceeded to tell me that I am of indigenous Viking heritage, the divine masculine ancestry, the nobility of man. And while she's channeling this and, and saying this, stuff i'm looking at her and i'm looking at carla and carla is losing it and she gets up and she goes upstairs and she comes back down with a silver coin and then she tells me that after i gifted her some silver a few months ago that she started buying silver again and she got a treasure chest with a mystery coin in it the last time she was in to buy silver and she was guided to bring that coin with her on the trip And that didn't make any sense to her because why would she want to bring a one ounce silver coin to Peru? But she was guided to bring it, so she did. And she handed me the coin and it was a Viking coin. It had a Viking portrait on the front and a Viking ship on the back. So I guess we're going with the Viking thing. She sees me leading men in the snow, teaching them the nobility of man. So there's that. I spoke to my beautiful wife who had an epiphany of her own on her blockages. She was making big movement and I told her I am becoming the man she wants and needs me to be so she can surrender. As we talked on the phone, I was able to listen and be supportive and not try to fix any of her problems. I was able to be in balance with my head and my heart and I was able to support her in a way that I had previously been unable to do. And she noticed that right away and our relationship changed forever that night on the phone.
1: Bye.